Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. On today's episode, we have Michael Elias, CEO and founder, co-founder of Apparel, formerly Man Rags. I'll tell you what, their story, their journey is unreal. Seeing someone actually navigate their business to try and make it a, an impact business from what they did from the start. And you hear a lot of excuses from businesses who say it's too hard, this is how we do things in the past, to, but I don't know. Start with socks really resonated with me. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, you love it, don't you? But I just think it was cool how he just had a fresh approach, unique. And like, like what you said before, he just he changed things up, which is a ballsy move to do in the middle of something that's pretty successful and, and going well. And I just admire the way he's gone about it. Plenty of lessons to be learned in here. And uh, it was funny when we were actually prepping for it, when I told you we were having him on, you're like, oh, so sort of like man rags ended up being man rags. So there you go. There Not, you too, go. Bad. Not too bad at all. Hey, tell you what though. What? This was a guest that was highly requested. Highly requested, and yeah. I reckon he, he lived up to it. He did live up to it, and he, I think he loves the hype. I think he loves the people. and he. I love hyping people too, so I reckon he's got a few pair of socks in that, in that drawer, and I hope he's wearing a nice pair when this episode comes out. Michael, mate, thanks so much for jumping on and chatting with us today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Um, hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, so I am Michael Elias and I am the co-founder of Apparel. Um, Apparel is, I guess, uh, you know, today probably the leading textile recycler, recovery and reclaimer um, in Australia and about to be able to say Australia and New Zealand. So that's who we are. Oh, mate, that's awesome. Well, to be honest, mate, we threw out a bit of a, a story on Instagram and just asking for people suggestions on who they want on the podcast. And your name come up quite a few times. So I didn't actually, I must have been living under a rock, but never actually heard of you. Sussed out your Instagram and thought, we need to get this cat on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on and keen to learn more about what you're doing at Apparel. So if you could sort of start from the start and sort of how that happened, because uh, just looking on your LinkedIn, it seems like you had quite an interesting journey. Yeah, well, um, I can go pretty far far back. But um, so going off LinkedIn, you would have seen I spent 13 years um, at ANZ um, working in a number of kind of sales, distribution and marketing roles. And um, I started wearing some fun colored socks and meetings became about these quirky socks and not how to make billions of dollars of customers. And uh, over, um, over time, I started, you know, enjoying this obsession and all this attention I was getting, um, started to grow my sock drawer. And um, I then, th- you know, I started to see that some of the socks that we were getting weren't on par, you know, with others, even though, you know, you were paying 10 bucks or you were paying 40 bucks. So I uh, spent the next, me, me and my wife, Tina, we spent about nine months developing a sock brand. And in and so what would happen is I would get on a plane on a Thursday night, fly out to a little country called Egypt, um, work work from home on the Friday. Um, really, it was work from a lounge in Abu Dhabi. Um, spend some time in Egypt, be back at work on a Monday morning, and no one would have any idea what had happened. Anyway, I um, what? No one, no yeah. one knew. You had to keep that a secret. No one knew. Well, no, I, I would get on, I'd, I'd, I'd literally leave work at about 3 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon, get on a flight at about 6, be in Cairo the next day, about 24 hours later, have a couple of meetings with a bunch of manufacturers, wrap it up, get back on a plane, be back at work at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. And so we did that. that for a few months. Anyway, we, um, what we wanted to do was, you know, we, we saw that these socks, um, you know, we wanted a premium um, quality product. Um, 
And so after we'd done that for a few months, we launched a company called Man Rags. And Man Rags was Australia's first essentials subscription club. Um, so you would sign up, you'd get a fresh pair of socks every month. You didn't know what you were going to get, but they were all made from premium Egyptian um, cotton. Um, and Manrags blew up and we had, you know, thousands of subscribers across, you know, over, over about four and a half, five years, um, you know, thousands of subscribers across about 70, 74 countries uh, across the globe. Um, everything was going good, you know, winning a bunch of awards and startup finalists of the year and a Westpac business of tomorrow. And it was really, it was, it was all awesome. And then in 2019, something happened, which uh, changed the course of, you know, and you know, part of the journey really, but ch- changed the course of um, journey um, and what, what we did as a brand for, um, from there on. I came to clean out my sock drawer, which as you can appreciate is probably the largest sock drawer in the country. How many socks are we point. talking? How many pairs of socks are we talking? And did, did right. they all have matches or how, how many are like, were there lonely socks going on without well, friends? Well, I won't talk about the, we, we actually launched what was called the washing machine monster policy. We trademarked it. And it was, if you ever lost a pair of socks, we would send out its matching partner. But um, now most of them, most of them weren't lost and weren't you know taken by the washing machine monster. But um, so you know, you know, a lot of socks. I, you know, look at looking back, it's 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 not it wasn't the prettiest drawer. Um, but you know, I came to clear out this drawer and I identified that there was nothing to do with these socks besides put them in the bin. Um, in Australia, you can't re, you know reuse or recycle socks, and it was at that point that we kind of you know, started to question our existence, our purpose, what we were doing and thought to ourselves, you know, the real trigger is, you know, we thought to ourselves, our kids are going to turn around one day and go, hey, mum and dad, thanks for this uh, awesome life of privilege that you've built up for us and everything that you've done. But um, you fucked the planet in the process because all these socks have made their way to landfill. And I think we looked back at the number of socks that we distributed and I, I, don't, I can't remember how many MCGs we would have filled up with socks that would have just, you know, essentially they don't, you know, um, you know they don't break down and they you know, emit um, gases. And, you know, so, so it's kind of like, well, what are we going to do anyway? Um, push on to later in 2019 and we launched what became the world's first sock recycling program where we would re collect socks from all over Australia and we would reuse or repurpose them. Um, that not only, made an impact and, you know, won us a whole bunch of awards, but it also, we were able to create this model where we would reward customers for doing the right thing and business blew up. We sold out of socks. Um, And so, you know, we were always a commercially viable, you know, commercially focused brand and, and, you know, and team, but, you know, now it was, let's make sure that, we're doing the right thing um, with end of life and, you know, not contributing to textile waste. Fast forward into 2020, um, Austrade had sponsored us essentially to go and launch the program in the US. And um, this little flu thing started. You guys may be across what happened there. Anyway, um, pulled the pin on our US expansion. And instead we said to ourselves, well, we've, being able to reuse, repurpose, recycle socks. Why don't we do this with every other product um, and every other clothing item? Push on a couple of months and uh, we launch Australia's first and only digital textile recycling program. 
um, which sees us collect textiles from people's front doorsteps, regardless of you know their condition. Um, um, textiles include you know linens, towels, dunas, clothes, shoes, a whole bunch of stuff, and it lands back in our warehouse. We sort it, identify whether it's fit for wear, fit for purpose. Um, if it is, it gets categorized into about 30 subcategories. All the items that are fit for wear um, are then distributed. We have an open door policy where social enterprise and not-for-profits come in, take what they need and make an impact to go out and make an impact with it. So I think we've supported over, you know, to date, over 180 um, charities and social enterprises and they've taken over 3 million items that's been sorted for them to go out and make a difference. Um, where it's not fit for wear, we break it down into different material compositions, recycle it and utilize that waste as a resource and turn it into something new, such as, you know, we said we would do this for our children. So the first product we launched, we launched a kid's flip out sofa made from 100% recycled textiles, completely recyclable at end of life. And so that's a bit of a journey that we've been on. And, um, you know, so today essentially we, have seamless and convenient recycling solutions and collection solutions. And we, you know, utilize waste as a resource um, and avoid, you know, further environmental impacts. Man, that's crazy. Mm. Did you, when you started this, did you think like, I look at this change and I don't really see it like, like people would come to mind and use the word like pivot or whatever. I see it more as like an evolution of the idea and how it's like gradually changed to what is the problem. But was there an actual like a trigger moment for you guys? Like obviously it's the kids around climate and not trying to fuck the world up, but you see a lot of people that use the cop-out excuse of like, we're too far gone or we're on a good thing here. Or we can't change direction or we can't do this just because we can't. Whereas I feel like what the story you're just telling us here is you're, you're one of the prime examples of if you want to do something better and put more good things in the world, you don't have to sacrifice what you've, what you've, you've already done. You just have to find a way to do things better. Yeah, I, th I think I think that's it. You know, for us, it's always been about evolving. Um, you know, um, part of it is you know tra transitioning. Um, you know, identifying where there's opportunities. You know, sitting back and going, what's working, what's not? Um, how can we be better? How can we stay ahead? You know, bringing a sock subscription to Australia was laughed at. You know, and, and uh, there a lot of other senior execs at the bank that would you know take the piss when I told them what I was leaving to do. Um, but, um, you know, and so, so for us, it was always, you know, about, ch you know, challenging, you know, the status quo and looking at, well, what, why does it have to be the way it is? And let's see what the market's response is, validate that, you know, there is a demand for it, um, validate that it works, validate that we can do it. Um, and from there, let's kind of, you know, hone in on that and, yeah, you know, just focus and ch change things up and continue to grow. For those who are listening who haven't really heard about the circular economy, do you want to go into more about like what is the circular economy and why is it important? Yeah, look, I think, you know, for, for us, you know, there's, a, you know, we've become a bit, a bit of the voice for the circular economy and, um, you know, the circular economy is all about, you know, avoiding the linear mo you know, model of take, make and dispose. And so, you know, how do we create things with, you know, a, second life or third life how, how do we create products that are circular that don't end up, have to end up in landfill when we're done with them um and where you know certain things along the path is you know you, you know, reuse recycle repurpose but it's the circular economy specifically is about looking at that from the very get-go so for us when we created that 
the children's flip up sofa, it was a, with a circular first approach that said, you know, for, for us, it was, let's make sure that at end of life, every element of this couch is completely recyclable and can be turned into something else. So that we're, you know, obviously we took it one step further where we created it from waste, but you know, it's about how do we keep that in the economy for as long as possible and reduce environmental impacts. How does it work then? Like when do you, when you go in and, cause I look at Marcus Crook and Homie Reborn and all that sort of stuff. And I love the sort of creativity that comes with the, you know, reusing all the materials. Is it different for each different thing or what is the process? Of, what does it look like? Yeah. So we, we collabed with Homie and Marcus last year and um, launched a, uh, uh, regenerated denim line at Melbourne Fashion Week, which, funny enough, it was about this time last year. Um, Did you walk down the and, catwalk? Surely, mate. You would have, you would have put that no, on, wouldn't you? You would have had a fresh pair of socks for sure. <laughs> mate, I, my, my, my third child was born on the day of the runway show. So I, I was I was in a hospital with my wife at that time, um, you know, m- meeting little Cassius. Um, so unfortunately, I wasn't on the catwalk, and I don't know that my height allows for it. but um but now look you know you know with that it's it's really looking at you know solutions and looking at things differently you know we can go and we can source you know cotton and polyester and and a whole bunch of materials you know part of what we did you know quite interesting i'll I'll give you kind of a, a piece about you know reusing and repurposing on our end we collect you know tens of thousands of boxes of um of clothing items from people's um, front doors and you know we bring them in and we just sort through them um you know we ask them to reuse an existing box that they have a lot of customers send us the um their clothes and their textiles in the old tartan bags if you're familiar with the old market bags we took that bag we took a pair of denim jeans and we worked with a brand here in um in australia called intercarry and we turned what the vessel that that was sent on or sent in the clothes and we went let's take a pair of denim out of this bag let's use the bag and let's make turn it into a smaller bag and reuse that and put that out, back out to the market and we did that and you know i mean the thing sold out you know almost immediately when we launched it to our customers and it's just a show of you know people saying we're supporting sustainability we're supporting the repurpose and reuse economy and you know, that's why you got you know homie and you know kid x and a whole bunch of brands you know absolutely blowing up in this space because it's the right thing to do oh i like that how has the your business internally changed or how's the structure to support the change of what you guys are doing now compared to what it was when you were man rags <laughs> we're in the, we're in the process of our fourth warehouse move in 12 months um so so that that speaks to something our warehouse team now outweighs our head office team our office team not head office but our office team um you know but it's been it's been pretty challenging along the way you know we you know for example um we we've we've had a massive um turnover in staff um and it's it hasn't you know we've had to accept and you know almost you know appreciate that you know we hired people to design socks and underwear and before they knew it, they are now supporting, you know, major brands across the country in terms of their, you know, um, digital textile recycling, you know, um, um, programs. So, so really it, it, it's part, part of the evolution has meant that, you know, we've changed, the team has changed and that's been extremely challenging. I'm not going to lie about that. 
you know, it takes you months to find someone. It takes you, you know, months to get them, you know, to get people up to scratch. But it, you know, part of it is now that we know who we are, where we're going, you know, we can have those conversations with, you know, potential recruits, potential employees, and, you know, ensure that there's a right fit from day one. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I won't lie, everything about it, I mean, I talk about four warehouse moves. Let's add to that that we're in Melbourne, the most loveliest lockdown city in the world. Um, now, that's meant that our warehouse guys have had to, you know, do these moves over the last 12 months because I think the, the move into the place we're at right now, um, where there was only essential services were allowed during um, this move. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been really challenging. The team around, as everyone's, you know, been going for it. You know, everyone comes in with purpose every day knowing what we're doing, we're making a positive impact and you know, people want to take, you know, people want to be part of that. So. Ooh, I love that. The challenging times. Are there any other challenges that sort of stick out um, from memory? I know scaling a team's hard and finding the right, right people, but sort of getting the right is head and heart people, isn't it? At the start, you sort of want the people who are all about the purpose and that, and then you can sort of develop the niche skills and that, but how important was it to get the right people on board, especially with the new movement? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've we've been through that, and you know, we've we've had people come on board. It's 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 a very it's a very hard balance and, and very hard. You know, we are, you know, um, twenty twenty Australia's twenty twenty sustainability champions. Um, we are a top twenty coolest brand. You know, um, we are inside retail's one to watch. We're all these things, and finding that balance of going, how do you how do you have this commercial? You know, we are still a commercial. Um, brand and a commercial company with commercial, you know, you're focused on the commercial side, but, you know, also hand in hand balancing the environmental impact. And so if you're familiar with sustainability, the triple bottom line is is what that's all about. The triple bottom line is people, planet, profit. So it's being able to balance all of those. And, you know, it's the, the challenge with people is we've had extremely sustainable people that, you know, forget about the commercial side whereas hang on, that's what needs to pay salaries right that's what needs that's what we need for growth and and it, that, uh, they do go hand in hand and we've been able to demonstrate that um the, look the, that i mean that's that's been a challenge and you know something that we've had to overcome and i think any business will continue to have that challenge as they grow the other um big challenge that we've had is We've gone from a 100% direct-to-consumer business to today, 70% of what we do is B2B and B2C. Um, you know, that in itself has meant significant change. You know, we're talking to, you know, some of the you know, global brands about supporting them on their journey to sustainability and slowly falling into the background. So, you know, we've, you know, it's, it's, and you might see from our Instagram, it's more about who we're partnering with and who we're collaborating with, where that has absolutely blown up and that's needed its own division. So that, that's been um, really exciting and extremely challenging because our, you know, we've had to adapt to how do you, uh, you know, how do you work with businesses and how do you work with your targets and your big W's and your cotton ons as opposed to, you know, how do you work with Robin Lockwood? Right, like it's it's a completely different, yeah. Well, what about finding the right type of people? Like, I guess when you make a change, like you have to your business, and then trying to find the right type of brand alignments to do these some to do these type of collaborations. How much thought goes into making sure that you're working with the right people? Because I feel like this is a bit of a tricky space where 
obviously if people are using your services, then they're doing it for, they're doing a good thing. But I, I guess that there's also that, the, there's that stigma associated with some bigger brands trying to like tick a sustainability box, if that makes sense. Look, you know, my, my view on this, and I've been vocal about it, you know, a fair bit. Um, we're here to support people and, uh, you know, we shouldn't, if, if we can support someone on their journey to sustainability, if they can, you know, and, you know, demonstrate to them that actually sustainability does equal success and, you know, make one little move, then make another one, make another one. If we can demonstrate that and help people see that, then actually that's the right thing to do. I, I, I'm not one for, you know, um, you know, um, you know, bashing brands for trying to do something right. And I think you see that a lot. We knew it was going to, one of our directors actually turned around and goes, Mick, as soon as you launch this recycling, the sock recycling thing, you're going to get absolutely hammered, right? Because they're going to start saying, what about this? And what about that? And so, you know, knowing that at the forefront, we, you know, we were able to say, we don't have all the answers. We're working on it, being very transparent and, you know, straight, straight up with that and say, we're learning as we go. We'll continue to be better and better. That's our commitment. Um, but, you know, I think we should be supporting brands and other, you know, retailers on their journey, not, not, you know, not pointing the finger and shooting them down. Who are you looking up to then in this space? And is there anyone in particular that you're taking inspiration from? You like the way they do it? Uh, um could be from different uh, industries. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't look, have to be, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think, um, you know, for us, we've, you know, we, it was quite, quite interesting. You know, we looked at a lot of brands, you know, when we were man rags as, you know, that's what we wanted to do and let's, you know, see what their products are and whatever else. And now we're, we're in this place where we're working with these guys and partnering directly on a different front. Um, I, I think, you know, part of it, part of the challenge has always been, we've always, you know, looking to someone to try and replicate or copy can be quite a distraction. So for, for us, it was kind of, you know, paving our own path almost. Um, you know, we looked at some massive brands along the way, especially when we were producing underwear. We're looking at, you know, um, people like Everlane, who, you know, are massive in the sustainability space, in, in, you know, women's underwear. So we're looking at what, what products and materials they were using. So I think we're always out there exploring and learning um, and, and you know, researching. Um, but, you know, I think you've got to do it your own way. Mm, well, I love that. You're building your own sort of roadmap. There's no, you sort of draw inspiration from all different things like Frankenstein them in and, and plug it into what you're doing. It's cool. Hey, let's, let's chat about being, being a B Corp. I think this is a topic that um, always comes with a bit of a bit of debate a bit of i think it's a really interesting thing to talk about about why uh why make the decision to go down there how is the experience going through the process what have you learned what are what are the key things and why should people if they're interested have a crack at doing it so after 14 grueling months we became a b corp and um someone from b corp said look i'm not going to talk to you for the next three months because you probably don't want to hear or see the letter B for a few months. And, you know, she was kind of right. Um, <laughs> but look, the process, the process was extremely, you know, rigorous and, and, and very, very detailed. I think that's what gives it cred um, that, you know, the, the, there's heaps of questions. There's, an, you know, a lot of evidence needed to be proved. We, we had to change some of our, you know, um, shareholder, shareholding constitution 
to align to it, um, which that stuff is very difficult. But for us, what it means we can do today, and you know, you bring it up, uh, you know, we can say, you know, we've been through the ringer with, you know, getting B Corp certified. Um, um, does it, is it the end all? And is it, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. We, we had a lot of challenges along the way with, um, you know, getting certified. So one of the challenges was, you know, they were, you know, B Corp works on a, the US calendar year as opposed to our financial year. So that dragged out the process. So we couldn't, we couldn't talk about textile recycling um, and then, you know, the seven or eight months of successful textile recycling because it wasn't within the financial year that they were examining. So we had to only focus on the sock side of things and the sock recycling and the outcomes of that. So all, all of that stuff, I won't lie, was, was challenging, but I think it kind of is what makes it worthwhile in the end that, you know, people know it's a long process. They know it's a very detailed process. Um, you know, it, it helps us when we come to have conversations on the B2B side that, you know, we've, we're B Corp certified, we've got a you know, five-star CSRA rating, things like that help the conversation. And um, yeah, uh, and, and, and you have, you know, it, it is a community where people reach out. So I think, you know, one, one of the girls recently was talking to someone at ESOP who, you know, they do completely different products and they're in a different industry to us. But, you know, there's a p- potential opportunity to recycle their towels that they use in their stores, right? But, but, you know, and that came through because we are in the B Corp community. So it does have its advantages. It's extremely challenging, very long. It's never going to happen overnight. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad we are a, a certified B Corp. And I'm not particularly excited for uh, when we have to recertify in two or three years. So you, and to do that, do you have to get through the whole thing again, or is it like a cut down version? Like, like a passport, you start again. Look, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm going to um, say that it's the whole process, but secretly hope that it's not. That's crazy. <laughs> I guess from our, like from from our perspective, why I like to ask questions like this, like for our business with well bands, like we've talked about openly, do we do we want to go down this pathway? Do we want to start tackling different things? And I guess the decisions and stuff that we're making is we're trying to do things in a way that like be better, do good, have fun. They're our sort of core values, what our business to bring to the table. And I'm going, well, if you're trying to, you mentioned like the triple bottom line, making sure that you're still commercially viable and you can operate. I don't know if I've got the time right now to commit to going through a process like that to get a tick of approval or a stamp to show that we're doing things really, really well. And I feel like that, that there, that's sort of the same conversations I've been having with others around this process about when's the right time to go and take on such so, uh, something like this because by the sounds of it it does sound like the, it is time intensive and if you're running your own show and doing your own thing you've only got so much time you can spend doing something every day so i guess i'd love to hear why like why now like what made what was the trigger to to make that call yeah i think i think the the, the way you just explained you know where you're at with um you know and, and your thoughts on b corp is you know probably more aligned to where we're at with government grants and government subsidies you know we we know that that is a strenuous you know long expensive process um and for us that's probably not the path that we want to take um right now um in certain category you know certain areas certain areas we are you know looking at it but but really it's it's kind of time and place and will will it bring you benefits so 
So for us, we're kind of focused on, well, we have to keep on with this impact that we're making and we've got to continue to demonstrate that we can utilise waste as a resource. If people are going to certify us for that and support us on that journey, well, so be it. Um, if, if not, well, that's not going to stop us doing what we're doing. Um, yeah, and I think the time thing is very, you know, is, is yeah, probably the most difficult one, um, specifically in the B Corp certification um, side of things. I also think there's, you know, there's a shitload of people applying for it. And, and so, you know, they've got to go, they've got to sift through all these applications and go, you know, it's a detailed process with every single question um, almost, you know, having to confirm and quantify. Well, take us back to, you mentioned you were at ANZ, you were there for like 10 odd years, you got the corporate job. What was, what are some of the, I suppose, the, the skill sets that transitioned into being a founder? Did you always have that itch where you're like, I want to do it? Or was there a moment where you're like, nah, f- fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a crack. Oh, look, I am um, it, it, quite, quite funny. I, I was uh, selling leather belts when I was, 15 years old um so so for me i think when i was um 17 i had six cars in the driveway that were all better than my mum and dad's car at, at, at the time so i was buying and selling cars so i've always had a little bit off that um you know entrepreneurial kind of sales um drive and 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 you know the bank was great it was comfortable it was um i learned a lot around you know stepping up maturing working you know with people at different levels um a lot of presentations um a lot of marketing talk a lot of learning around distribution and how businesses run um and you know for me what it was towards the end was got to a i got i got to a level where it was you know no 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 you know, I, I, I had progressed quite a bit and it was, it got to a stage where there was a lot of red tape. And as someone who was an achiever and, you know, always delivering, it got to a place where, you know, delivering on something, you know, took I don't know, how many decks to get through and, you know, how many sign offs and things like that, whether it would be right for the business or not. And so that was probably the part where I started questioning whether, I wanted to continue down that path or not. And then, you know, when we um, launched, when we, we launched Man Rags um, with T- Tina launched it, um, I was still working full time. And, you know, when we hit, I think 5,000 subscribers, I was like, all right, I think that's it. Let's, let's, give, this, let's, let's give this little sock business a bit of focus now. Uh, I really like that because one thing we talked to heaps of different people on who, who make that decision between when's the right time to jump and there's heaps of mi- different mixed advice from anything out there to like just go all in and fuck it you know <laughs> whatever or uh, like our personal way is like you got to have a bit of a game plan for people who like yourself maybe you got a mortgage or you got kids or you got whatever you got to have some sort of pathway into the next thing and everyone's got their their risk tolerance levels that allows them to either jump sooner or later and it's cool to hear that you, you had a bit of a game plan attached to it that you weren't like, not that there's anything wrong. Go on Egypt, bro. You know, you go on Egypt. Go <laughs> on. What was so special about the socks over there, man? Yeah. Egyptian cotton, oh, brother. Egyptian cotton. That was it. Egyptian cotton. Like um, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm wearing socks today that we um, designed and manufactured six years ago and they haven't, you know, I'm, I'm still wearing them today. So, so you know, it was, it was all about for us. It was premium quality. That was going to be our point of difference in the market. And, you know, 
like like you guys just mentioned, it's uh, Egyptian cotton. Everyone knows what that is. It's good. It's good stuff. So um, that's why we were focused on that product. I like that. And what about some some key learnings or some things that like who do you learn from? Are you someone who like consumes content? Do you read books? Do you watch YouTube? Like, what, tell us about how you keep up to keep up with the trends. So my my my, my YouTube account is a disaster because of my six year old. Um, so that I, I don't really look at that much anymore. Um, yeah, look for us. There's there's, there's a, a a lot of reading. Um, I, I I follow a lot of business news, um, specifically in the startup entrepreneurial space. Um, that's what interests me. Um, you know, when I think about reading and you know, I get asked a you know, question around you know, you know favorite book and that type of thing, um, is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Um, you know, founder of Nike because you're able to see how you know he took an idea concept evolved changed transitioned found where they were winning you know doubled down on that and continued to grow from there um, yes yeah, so, so you know but but the other the other thing is now we're now we're in a space where you know because of the b2b and the partnerships it is a lot of a lot of meetings and a lot of discussion around, you know, how can we help? What's the problem you're trying to solve? So there's a lot of listening as well. I like that book though. Shoe Dog. Have you, have you read, I haven't read Shoe Dog, but yeah. It's on my, it's on my, I've, had, I've, I've done the cliff notes of that book. It's been on my hit list for ages, but I just, mm. I don't know. I can't, are you hard copy or do you audible it? Are you, are you words, man? I've, I've done it. I've done it in both. <laughs> I've, done it, I've done it in both um i i start i started with on, on on my phone and then and then i did it again in hard copy i reckon my attention span has got worse yeah. lately like i can't sit down mm. i used to be like as a kid i'd always read like hard copy books like you'd read the book you'd, you'd go through and do stuff but now got more distractions oh i'm just so easily distracted all well, right how, how do you balance it all man like obviously you you must be working ridiculous hours. Like, how do you balance that out with just making sure you get enough sleep and you're and you're healthy? A new dog and a new dog, you know, and and, and a new dog. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I don't think it's it's the right um, the, the right approach to being healthy. But the, the kids keep me going. Um, they keep me active. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Look, I, you know, we. It's quite interesting. The last couple of months, whilst we've been homeschooling and doing all that we've had the kids at the office with us um the kids have really you know my my, my six-year-old has turned around a number of times and turned around and said do you do anything but work um all you want to do is work so so for me you know there's real dedication in time and allocating time um you know, it, it is hard it's you know get, getting up a bit earlier to be able to focus on the emails and you know all the admin side of things before the day gets hectic um, but, you know, trying to spend that quality time um, with family is, you know, it, it, it is a challenge, but I bought myself a T-shirt that says offline and that's what I wear on the weekend to remind myself to stay offline. <laughs> it's like so, so hard to stay present though, isn't it? Well, especially when you've got that many moving parts and, and things rely on your decision-making and stuff like that. Like to just switch off sometimes, it's almost impossible, isn't it? Yeah, it, de- it, definitely, it definitely is. Um, you know, we... we we have been the type to get away and, um, you know, Byron is our um, choice of location every, every, every you know, twi- twice a year or so, um, you know, but here we are again in this, you know, second year of you know, not being able to move. So, so that has been really challenging to try and get that downtime. Um, 
but so help me God, once we can get away, oh, will I ever? Yeah, um, I can yeah. see you strutting down the beach down by. <laughs> yeah. No socks. Just, just, in the, uh, just in the socks, I reckon. Bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is probably a good segue um, for, for uh, our next question, our part of the show, Heaps Normal, non-alcoholic beer. question we ask all our guests is, what's the thing that you turn to when you need a little bit more energy back in your life, when you're feeling like you need your batteries recharged? Yeah, look, um, I and I share with my team a lot. For, for me, there's a lot. Yeah, I... You know, I spent some time at the start of the year at a yoga, uh, a yoga ashram, um, just winding down and some time to myself. I'm one to listen to, you know, certain um, podcasts over and over. So for me, affirmations, um, ones, positive affirmations and things like that are, you know, a, a big go-to for me. Um, so if it's a quiet walk, even during the day here, I'll uh, plug my AirPods in, you know, put, put, one, put, put a kid in the pram and go for a bit of a walk and just listen to some positive affirmations just to remind myself that you know, everything is where it needs to be and, you know, need to slow down and doesn't need to, you know, don't always need to be going, um, you know, got to, got to be happy and content with where you're at, where I'm at and that, that type of thing. So that, you know, for me, it's, you know, um, plug, plug the um, AirPods in, go for a little bit of walk um, um, with some positive affirmations, you know, go on the, yeah. Man, I, I love that because I, I, we can't drop what we're saying now, but there's going to be something special that we're bringing out over the next little bit. That... Sounds like positive affirmations, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hang, hang on a sec. Did I just create your, your segue for you? Oh, a little bit, it's mate. I think so. Segue, I don't yeah. mind it. We haven't really told anyone, but yeah, we'll be, well, not us. Well, now we're dropping even more fucking news, but it won't be us, but there'll be something sort of uh, down that, that, that vibe. Yeah, down that vibe. Another fucking, uh, not, another, a, not yeah. a bad little, little synergy there. But mate, oh, he's, hey, I want to... he's, he's a listener when you're ready. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. We've got one. Before, before we love you and leave you, I want to ask a question for people who want to get into, maybe they've got their own idea about starting an impact business or something that's like um, like profit for purpose or they're doing something in... The triple in, bottom line. They yeah, want to start that they're, way. They're putting some yeah. good out into the world. What, mm. what, what's some advice, tips, tricks, or what do you got up your sleeve for them? Yeah, look, for, for, for us, you know, we go off this mantra of anything that we do, we have to test, learn, validate, validate that there's there's an economy for it, you know, re- research, of course, but then validate that, you know, people want it, validate that it is profitable um, before doubling down and kind of growing on that because we, you don't know what you don't know. You're going to learn along the way. Um, you need to absolutely, you know, we, we've got a saying in here which still resonates and still holds true, which was start with socks, very true to what we did. Um but we just started somewhere. Um, we learned from that. And here we are today. I don't know what Sox has to do with the business anymore. It probably makes up about 5% of what we do. Um, but, you know, we had to start somewhere you know, and learn and adapt along, uh, along the way. But also just, you know, validating that market demand because there is a market, there is a customer out there um, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, the commercials all stack up. Locke usually gives the episode titles, but I feel like start with socks is Start with socks. I like it. I like that. Well, yeah, you've done the work for me now. Oh, so there you go. I feel like I've, I've, good about that. Do you, guys, do you guys want to buy the domain? It's for sale. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the has got the money. So there you go. Huh? <laughs> pockets are empty. Hey, we're, we're getting close to the end of the year. What's, what are you excited about? What's coming up? What do we expect to see in the near future? Yeah, look, um, for us, I think we're, um, where we're at at the moment is, you know, we discontinued our underwear product because we couldn't recycle it. Um, we're being absolutely focused this year on identifying a number of avenues and paths for textiles and end of life textiles specifically. So 
I'm really excited to be launching a bunch of um, new products made out of uh, recycled textiles in the next three to four months. But most excitingly, um, you know, picking up what we've done and what we've achieved here in Australia and launching that in New Zealand in November. That's the big one. Oh, mate. Well, that's been an epic uh, chat, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on and, and letting us know a bit more about your world and what you're doing. And can't wait to follow along on the journey, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And thanks for giving us a voice. Have you seen the movie American Pie? You know what they do with the socks in American Pie? <laughs> We're rocking that at the end of the episode. That's what we're going with. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the outro. Anyway, if hey, you listen that long, have a laugh. Yeah, yeah, have a laugh. Enjoy, enjoy life. Have a smile. Whatever. Hey, if you're new to the pod, we drop guest episodes Monday, Thursday. Snacks pod. You know they come at you hot. Tuesday, Wednesday, and our new segment, Hot or Not, where Locke and I go on rants and explore topics and just give opinions. That comes out on Fridays. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow.